The Nats are in the World Series. The NFL officials are still terrible, and LeBron is still woke as long as it benefits LeBron. Let's talk about it on a brand new air attack starting right now. Yeah, so at the NFL, the officiating was actually the top story on Monday. I've never, or I'm sorry, on Tuesday. I've never really seen it quite uh, as glaring as, at least, the, at least from a coverage standpoint, as it was this Tuesday. We'll get into that in the actual games themselves. You had a little bit of a shakeup in college football, some big stuff happening in the top 10. Um, the Nats are going to the, uh, to the World Series without Bryce Harper. Shocker. But let's start with LeBron. And this is obviously a sort of follow-up to the Steve Kerr controversy of last week. And we know LeBron and Kerr are, are definitely on the same page politically. And in an age where, you know, social media and politics and, uh, and sports are just constantly on a collision course, LeBron James has to be in on it. And that's what it is. Remember something. He's more than an athlete. Just ask ESPN. He's more than an athlete. And he built a school in Akron for underprivileged kids. So this is, this is bigger than basketball. Everything's bigger than basketball because LeBron is very woke. And he's very concerned about what's going on in society. Until Daryl Morey from the Rockets says something about China. And Steve Kerr doesn't want to comment on it. And this person doesn't want to comment on it. And then James Harden wants to come back at him, which is real smart. Here's James Harden now, who's a player on the Rockets, who just has to say something about his GM so the, so the team looks like it's even more turmoil than it already is. But LeBron could have just passed on the whole thing. No, no, no. LeBron had to tell you that what he did was dangerous. How many times have we heard this in politics over the last three, four, five years? Making this sort of comment is dangerous. But LeBron had to do it, didn't he? To tell you that, he might have cost people money with that comment. That Daryl Morey might have put people in danger with that comment. Well, hold up, LeBron. I thought you were all about social justice. I thought you were all about freedom and equality and speaking up on issues. If the general manager of the Houston Rockets making one tweet about Hong Kong and the fight for freedom there was going to endanger NBA players in China, what does that say about China? I thought you cared about such things. So why are you speaking out against his tweet? You could have just said nothing, LeBron. That would have been fine. I, see, I have no problem with LeBron saying nothing, but when does LeBron say nothing? But he's got to go there and attack the guy and try to throw him under the bus because you know what happens? When LeBron talks, he always wins the argument. He's LeBron. He's a winner. He's got his minions. He's surrounded by yes-men. He's not Floyd Mayweather surrounded by yes-men, but he's surrounded by yes-men. No one stands up to LeBron. Otherwise, you're not around LeBron anymore. And apparently LeBron took it to a point where when Adam Silver arrived in China, he had a sit down with him. And so did a few other players. And LeBron wanted Daryl Morey disciplined. Disciplined how? Like you wanted the Rockets to lose draft picks? Like that, that would be a team in your conference, by the way, losing draft picks? I mean, you want to talk about staying in your lane. I mean, enough's enough after a while. You're LeBron. No one's going to take that away from you. You can tell your teammates what to do. I mean, let's face it. You've been telling your coaches what to do for the last decade. But now you've got a problem with the guy speaking up. All he did was put a tweet out about Hong Kong. You could have just said nothing about it. But you don't get to sit there and pass judgment on everybody left and right and act like you are some sort of moral authority. Okay? And then throw the guy into the bus and say, well, you could have cost a lot of people money. Wait a second. I thought it was bigger than basketball, LeBron. I thought these things were bigger than basketball. I thought you were more than an athlete. And this guy, on his own TV show, on HBO, of course, was compared by Jon Stewart over the summer to Muhammad Ali, just to show you what a fucking joke that is. 
Okay? That's where the politics in this country has gone because it's so extreme. Now we have to act like we're back in the 50s and 60s or maybe the 40s. Because remember, remember, Colin Kaepernick is like Jackie Robinson, except there won't be another Jackie Robinson because it won't be like that again. That's why Jackie Robinson is the man. It won't be the 60s again because Muhammad Ali lived in the 60s. Muhammad Ali went to jail for standing up and saying, you know what? I'm not going to go fight for a country that won't fight for me. They tossed him in jail. Because he had a big mouth. And probably because he was black, too. You don't live in the 60s, LeBron. You live in 2019. Knock it off. Okay? And you want to talk about the guy should be careful about what he says. The guy should be careful about what he says. I thought, I thought it was freedom of speech in this country. I thought Kaepernick was the man. I thought Kaepernick, even though he was in uniform, even though he was at work, even though he was clearly disrespecting the flag and yada, 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 pissing off a bunch of fans, I thought he was well within his rights to do stuff like that because of freedom of speech. Then again, not so much. When it comes to LeBron, talking about Daryl Morey, not so much. you got to think about how your freedom of speech may have consequences. And so then when people lash out at LeBron, here's LeBron's response. I also don't think that um, every issue should be everybody's problem as well. Oh, wait a second. Sometimes we should mind our own business. Imagine that. It's okay for the NBA to have a partnership with China, but no one can talk about what actually goes on in China, according to LeBron. And you know who decides that? LeBron, just like everything else. You know, so things come up there's there's multiple things that that we haven't talked about that happen in our own in our own country that we don't bring up you know there's things that happen in my own community that you know trying to help my kids graduate okay stop this is the same thing steve kerr did last week somehow the conversation about china last week with steve kerr morphed into a conversation about ar-15s in america but now here comes lebron reminding you also He's a father. He's a responsible father, so back off a little bit. Uh, high school and go off to college is, you know, what's been my main concern over the last couple of years, you know, in my school. Um, you know, trying to make sure that... Oh, that's right. My that's right. Have a brighter future. There we go. He has inspiration to get out of that. There we go. So since I'm full of shit and I made it clear that my main focus is money, let me just remind everybody that I opened up that school. Now, that school that LeBron opened up, okay, wasn't opened up with LeBron's money. Now, I don't take that away from him. He definitely put his own money into it, but that was not all his money. I think it was like $20 million, but it wasn't all his money. He helped raise the money. And I don't begrudge a guy for doing something like that. In fact, I tip my hat to him for doing that. I'm not kidding. I don't know how many kids go to that school, whether it's 100, 200, 300, 400, whatever. Those are kids. Those are kids that go up, and then those kids maybe start their own families. That makes a difference, and, and I'm being very sincere about that. But you don't get to you know, screw up and say, well, by the way, here's all the good things I do. That's it. That is such a political tactic. We see that from politicians every day, from whatever party, whatever party, guys, whatever, doesn't matter which one. Okay, they just, they carefully craft these answers. And then he concluded that whole thing. I'm not going to bore you with two minutes of LeBron, but the, the thing concludes with, I'm not going to talk about it again. You know, shit. You know, no one ever would have thought Laura Ingram, as sarcastic and disrespectful as she was trying to be a year or two ago with her whole shut up and dribble comment, was actually giving LeBron some really good career advice. But it's true. Okay, and LeBron start, you know, ends that whole conversation with, well, listen, it's a political thing. I don't want to talk about politics. Oh, really? You told us to vote for Hillary Clinton. You stood on stage with her, by the way, on stage with her. You didn't just tweet about it. You went on stage with her and you were, you know, he was, he was playing in Cleveland at the time. That's, that's okay. He was in Ohio. It's a swing state. It's a big thing. But you want to be on stage with her, which is totally your business. But you did it. Then you told us Trump was a bum. I'm pretty sure you told us Trump voters aren't that smart or uneducated. I forget the exact quote. And let's face it. Your HBO show has guests like Jon Stewart and more recently Gavin Newsom, who's the governor of California. But you don't want to get political, right, LeBron? 
I mean, come on, man. Jeez. Well, I mean, and the whole thing is, I'm not telling you you have to have a, an opinion on China or you have to sit there and bash China. But why did you have to go out of your way and bash Daryl Morey for tweeting one little thing about Hong Kong? It's a big news story, and some people actually feel passionately about it. And I'm not saying, I, and I, I talked about this last week on the show, Daryl Morey probably wanted to think twice about that because it, there are business implications there. But if you're LeBron, Daryl Morey hasn't tried to be some sort of, uh, you know, icon of social justice and equality and all these things. LeBron has. And LeBron could have just, like, not said a thing about Daryl Morey, but instead he wants to throw him under the bus and talk about it. It could have cost a lot of people a lot of money. Oh, man, come on, stop. You can't do the whole bigger than basketball thing and then talk about how people could lose money and, 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 and make those things work at the same time. You just can't do it. You try to throw your weight around, and the fact that you're sitting there with the commissioner of the NBA, and allegedly, and I'll, I will be fair about it and say allegedly, but allegedly you're trying to get the guy disciplined for one tweet about Hong Kong is insanity. And if you think you're in danger when you're in China, then what the hell are you guys so in love with China for? I mean, you call the guy uneducated, you say he's misinformed, well, then you go to China and you say, wait a second, uh, he's tweeting, but I'm here. I could be in danger. Well, it sounds like he knows what he's talking about. Very dicey situation for the NBA. And the NBA, listen, not the only company that, that does business over there. Everyone seems to want to do business with China because of all the cheap labor. You know, from your iPhones, your Nikes, and everything else in between. Let's not be hypocrites here. But LeBron, don't you be a hypocrite either. And, don't, and please, for the love of God, don't fall back on the, well, he's black, so that's why everyone's getting on him routine. That's ridiculous because everybody got on Steve Kerr the week before. So that thing goes out the window. But you guys don't want to be, you don't want to be political, right? Yeah, gotcha. Okay, come on, LeBron, do better. Please. For the love of God. Um, baseball playoffs, um, rainy day here in New York, so you got uh, the Astros up 2-1. to one. Yankees are up against it because they're going to see Garrett Cole again. Garrett Cole is just, uh, I mean, I don't know when we've seen someone more dominant. I mean, the guy hasn't lost since May. Very, very tough. The Yankees better get it together. Probably have to shake up their lineup a little bit. John Carlos Stanton's taking a lot of heat around New York for not playing. Uh, Reggie Jackson called him out. Reggie Jackson had a very uh, colorful uh, set of questions for the man, basically on the lines of, what the hell are you doing, man? How are you, how are you hurt now? Um, the rumor around here is that he actually is hurt. I don't know exactly what that means. I mean, the, the guy, you know, I mean, the guy during the year was primarily used as a DH. He obviously can play left field. You know, what do you do with Encarnacion if Stanton has the DH? I think that's part of it. So it's a little bit of a complicated thing for Aaron Boone and all the nerds down the tunnel that make a lot of these decisions for the Yankees. The Yankees are very big into analytics now, but Yankees are also taking a lot of heat for Glaber Torres batting fifth and not third or fourth. Yeah, we'll see what happens um, with that. Um, the other big story, first of all, the Nationals are going to the World Series. Good for them. Four-game sweep. I said something on Twitter a few days ago, and you can follow me on Twitter at BCAK, the man. You know, they're honoring the, the Mystics, the WNBA team, for winning the, the WNBA championship last week, which I'm sure pretty much none of you realized. But here's my thing. They're honoring the team during the NLCS, and I find that to be kind of ridiculous because they're a WNBA team. They play in an arena that gets about 4,000 fans per home game. On top of that, half the players can't be there. Because a lot of the players get done with the WNBA and they go straight to Europe or, or Asia or wherever and they play overseas during the WNBA offseason. That happens to be the truth. So that begs the question, Nationals, what is your motivation here? You're just trying to look like you're, you know, very modern and progressive and sort of woke in 2019. I mean, what are you doing here? See, to me, I would, instead of having WNBA players uh, being the main attraction before a playoff game, I would have Joe Theismann, 
I would have Ovechkin. I would have Washington sports stars that have had success in the past. I have no problem with you honoring these ladies. I have, I have respect for what they do. But let's face it, this seems really self-serving by the Nats. Now, having said that, they went and swept the Cardinals and just completely obliterated them with no Bryce Harper, by the way, which I'm pretty sure is not a coincidence. And Bryce Harper's birthday is actually this week. So probably never been happier. I mean, it's not like he's used to playing in October anyway, so what's the difference? So the Nationals are headed to the World Series. The other big story in Major League Baseball this week, and I, you, know, you don't know everything about this, but keep an eye on the Tyler Skaggs story. Tyler Skaggs was the pitcher from the Angels that um, passed away over the summertime. Uh, during a road trip, they were in Texas, um, passed away in a Dallas hotel room. He was, he was consistently doing opiates, uh, looks like Oxycontin. And some, oxy, he, can, he somehow got fentanyl in the system. Usually fentanyl means you went away from the prescription drugs. And he wasn't, I don't, I don't think he was prescribed to painkillers and opiates and everything. I think this, this is all kind of stuff that was basically contraband to begin with. The problem was somebody from the organization was getting it for him. My personal opinion, this kind of thing goes on with pretty much every team. I think that, first of all, how is the guy using this stuff this regularly and Major League Baseball doesn't know about it? That's what I'm curious about. Um, you live in a culture where a lot of people do drugs, a lot of people party, and they have, you know, they have fun with this kind of stuff. When you get to certain substances, okay, crack, heroin, uh, Oxycontin, meth, that kind of stuff, it goes from, those are not really fun drugs as much as they are just like destructive drugs. The guy's a Major League Baseball pitcher. Somehow he's doing this stuff on a regular basis. The DEA is now investigating whether or not people from the Angels knew about this, which means they have reason to believe that the Angels did know about this. Let's see what kind of can of worms this opens up for Major League Baseball in general. My question is, I thought these guys got tested for this stuff. So how is the guy getting away with doing this stuff on a regular basis if he's really being tested on a regular basis? Are they just not taking these tests that seriously? I, I just, I'm curious about that. The family is making a big deal out of it. I mean, me personally, I'm just saying, Tyler Skaggs made an effort to go after this stuff. If someone else went and found it for him and he didn't feel like he could go out in public and do this, you know, you know, city by city by city and he'd have some lackey from the Angels go do it for him, that's obviously understandable. But you're seeing now, like, the, like with uh, Mac Miller, the guy who ran Trivia HQ, okay, this online trivia game, you know, he dropped dead over the summer. You know, famous people die of drug overdoses. Now they're going after anybody who want to give it to them. Well, sometimes maybe just a little responsibility for the guys who are actually using it for themselves. You know, and that's just how it is. Um, I'm not going to get into a whole drug speech or anything like that, but I will say this. When, when something involves fentanyl, that's when you're like, wait a second, there's something wrong here. That's why a lot of people think drugs should be regulated. That's why some people say stay away from this stuff altogether. Whatever side you're on, you're on going to be interesting to see how this entire thing plays out but this, the family of Tyler Skaggs is definitely a big part of this and they also have their own personal attorney they're obviously filing a civil suit not sure how I feel about that but let's just see how it lands uh, college football you get your first big shakeup of the year with Georgia going down at home against South Carolina they were basically three touchdown uh, favorites here uh, opened up a little more than that I guess all the sharp money was on South Carolina now we know why not that the Sharps expected South Carolina to actually win the game in Athens, but here we are. Um, a lot of turnovers by Georgia. South Carolina hangs in there. They win 2017 in overtime, a wild overtime. The first overtime had no score. The second overtime, South Carolina gets a field goal. Georgia misses their field goal. They obviously have a very good kicker. Hey, it is what it is. Number three, Georgia goes down at home. Other college football stuff. First of all, with Penn State, Penn State goes into Iowa, gets a very good, very tough win in Iowa City. Remember last week we talked about the letter 
that was written by one of the Penn State fans. Turns out the guy's in his 70s. He went to Penn State in the 60s. Penn State comes on the field. This is a primetime game on ABC with T-shirts that read, and I quote you, chains, tattoos, dreads, and we are. Remember, the guy had a problem with the players wearing, you know, having dreadlocks and tattoos and yada, yada, yada. Basically said he wanted the players to look more clean cut, didn't want it to look like Miami and Florida State. He was obviously referring to the Miami and Florida State teams of the 90s with the Ray Lewis's, the Michael Irvin's, the, you know, Deion Sanders, etc. A lot of people thought that was racist of the guy. I thought it was a little bit ignorant of the guy. I thought it was ignorant of the guy to write the letter. I don't have no problem with the guy saying I don't like the way the kids look these days for being old-fashioned. I mean, the guy never once said he doesn't like black players. He said he liked the players. He said he likes the team. He supports the team and supports the kid that he wrote the letter to. He just doesn't like the guy's hair and the tattoos and everything else. I don't know why you would write to a kid who is 19, 20 years old and tell him you think his hair looks terrible. I think, I think the word he used was disgusting. So I think that's foolish to do that. You're supposed to be a fan of the kid, and then you're telling him his hair looks disgusting. I don't know, man. I'd probably just go ahead and not do that. <laughs> okay, that's just me. I personally have no thoughts on the matter. If I was a football player and I could grow dreads, and I, you know, I, I don't think a lot of white guys are wearing dreads these days, but if I was a football player and I could grow dreads, I don't think I'd go overboard with it because guys can get taken down with dreads. And if I was at a school that wasn't Penn State and the dreads could cover my name, I might think twice about that too. But I, you know, dreads can be... They look good on some guys, look, look, you know, not, look not so good on some guys. Just like buzz cuts look good on some guys. Other guys, ooh, no, man, grow some hair. It is what it is. But we know this guy just writes this letter, becomes this big story. Penn State now comes out. The kids come out with these T-shirts. Immediately, school officials say, get those shirts off. Get them off the field now. Because they figure it could possibly be a compliance issue with the NCAA. Which begs the question, and this is for James Franklin, too. And I like James Franklin. He's done a great job there. Where are the coaches here? Where are, the, where are the coaches when these decisions are actually being made? The kids are going out there in these T-shirts. You got, what, 80 kids, 100 kids on the, on the, you know, on the football roster? And they're going out with these T-shirts, and you don't know about it until they actually go on the field? What is going on over there? The other thing is chains, tattoos, dreads, and we are. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Chains? Chains. You're college athletes. You're bragging about chains. I assume you're talking about bling. You think that's a good idea? You think that makes a lot of sense. You are college amateur athletes. Now, we talked last show. That might be changing soon. That's fine. Right now, you are amateur athletes, and you're bragging about having chains. And by the way, not everyone on Penn State's got chains and tattoos and dreads, okay? And I went to Penn State, and I wanted to see them focused on the game. And you know what? They did come out focused on the game. They were, they were dominant, especially from a defensive standpoint. The other thing that happened here, and maybe this is tied into the T-shirts, and maybe it's not. The refs here were, were an absolute disgrace. And that was a theme with the NFL this week. We'll get to that in just a minute. Apparently, this, this referee and his crew have a major issue with Penn State. And if that's the case, he cannot work their games anymore. Penn State had a touchdown taken away via review. It was called a touchdown on the field. It was clearly a touchdown. It wasn't a matter of catch, no catch. There was nobody inbounds, out of bounds. It was a matter of just they said the guy was short of the goal line, and it wasn't even close. He was over the goal line, and they took it back. This is why sometimes as a team, you want to lay low. And I said it last week. I'll say it again. You know, this goes back to LeBron. Everybody wants to try to be LeBron. You saw Penn State players tweeting about, oh, this is bigger than football. And eh, it's not really. You're not in the NFL. You're not being paid. You're representing a university and a school. You can speak up. I, I totally support you speaking up. And I totally support you getting your teammates back. I totally do. But worry about the game first. They did worry about the game. Now Penn State's got a big-time game against Michigan at home, a game they should win easily this week, see if they bring the same energy from Iowa City back to State College and carry it through practice and everything this week. But you're drawing more and more attention on yourselves when you wear T-shirts like that, especially when apparently your school doesn't even know you're doing it. 
I mean, come on, guys. You got you to be a little smarter than that. You can be emotional and be smart at the same time. Okay, and hopefully they will be going forward. I'm sure their coach has dealt with that. I, I, I certainly hope so. But Penn State now a force to be reckoned with in the Big Ten. They're obviously going to collide with Ohio State in a few weeks. We'll see how that goes. Alabama has no problem with Texas A&M. Clemson gets by Florida State, which is, if you know anything about Florida State, they're a joke this year. LSU with a big win over Florida. Florida's banged up. Florida had a tough game against Auburn the week before. LSU does win by 14. Covers for some people. Other people not so lucky. And then you had the Red River game with Texas and Oklahoma. Like I said right here last week, Texas came out trying to run the football, run the clock down. Yeah, they got within a touchdown late, but they were never really close to winning. It seemed like most of the game, Texas was down by two scores, 34-27. Oklahoma's very good. Oklahoma's defense is also very good. So for Georgia, it's a big problem that they get that loss. On top of that, Georgia also beat Notre Dame. That's Notre Dame's only loss. Georgia's loss now hurts Notre Dame, who had a very tight win against USC. So that Georgia loss kind of sends a little bit of a ripple effect through college football. And with LSU being really good, with Ohio State being really good, Oklahoma being really good, Georgia could definitely be the odd man out, uh, not just in the SEC, but also in the college football playoff. Um, NFL, the officiating stuff. First of all, Monday Night Football, the Lions got up early. I think it was 13-0 they got up on the, on the Packers. From that, st- from that point on, they kicked three more field goals. In fact, I think they were up 7 nothing early. It was field goal, field goal, field goal. Five field goals for them. They could not punch it in the red zone. The Packers defense was lifeless early. The, the, the Lions could just not quite get over the top and put the team away. However, that does not excuse what happened with the officials. Not, not for a second. And these hands-to-the-face calls that were just sort of phantom calls. And the problem also is when you have an official who's right in front of the play not calling something and somebody from the side just casually reaches into his pocket and underhand tosses a flag after Ian Rodgers gets sacked, it's going to bother people. Yes, the Packers still could have won. Yes, the Lions could have done other things. But here's the, here's the thing. A couple times on third down, you would have ended drives, and the Packers probably still make a field goal. But then you leave Matthew Stafford and the Lions time to come back and kick their own field goal. Whether they would have or not, I don't know, but that's the kind of stuff that I actually want to find out. And there was a big problem, not only in that game, but in the Minnesota-Philadelphia game, major double standards with the passing game. Minnesota defenders draped all over Philadelphia receivers, no problem. Philadelphia touches a Minnesota receiver, that's a problem. And again, Philadelphia could have done a lot of different things. Carson, Carson Wentz wasn't sharp. The Philadelphia secondary was terrible, but they just kept losing Stephon Diggs, who apparently now wants to actually play uh, in Minnesota. And, that, and that's, that's totally fine. But the reality is the officials, I mean, the officials cannot have this much of a role in these games. And the calls cannot be this arbitrary in the age of legalized gambling, where not only is gambling now legal, okay, but the league wants a piece of the action. I mean, do I really have to spell out the conflict of interest there? The NFL wants a piece of the action when it comes to gambling. They want a cut of the profits. And they're hiring these officials who are manipulating these games with their ridiculous calls. And now you're talking about, you are just now, what, you just got through week six. Underdogs in the NFL are hitting at 60%. Road teams are close to 60%. That's fine. If, that's something, if, you're, if you're a gambler, that shouldn't bother you. Just say, listen, well, maybe, maybe road teams and underdogs are where I should look. But the bottom line is a lot of times, amateur gamblers look towards home teams. A lot of times they look towards favorites. And now you've got this aberration through six weeks. That's a lot. Let's see how it goes through eight weeks and 10 weeks, but that's really kind of high. Usually favorites and underdogs, home teams and away teams kind of split 50% as the year goes on. And there's time to make up for it and those lines can be adjusted. Maybe the, maybe the books aren't doing as good of a job as they should be balancing the action. 
It just looks a little suspect, I'm telling you, and the story is not going to go anywhere anytime soon if it doesn't change. Bottom line. As far as the action goes, Patriots have no problem with the Giants. Um, you got a little scare there if you bet the Patriots, but the Giants, we're not going to go into, let's face it, not going to go to Foxborough. You had a couple free plays, but uh, the Patriots have some issues with their offense, their line, and they just don't really have much in the way of receivers. They, I do recall them signing a pretty talented wide receiver who stayed with them for about 11 days. They could probably use him right about now. The London game was a disaster. I mean, it was an absolute debacle. 37-26 for the Panthers. Uh, I believe it was five interceptions for Jameis Winston. It was an absolute joke. The offensive line was missing guys. The guys who stepped in, I understand your backups, guys. You still got to play football. I know it's 930 on your body clock's time. Terrible. I, I, these 930 games for the NFL, you just question. And by the way, don't think, you know, in years past, it used to be an issue of the playing surface. Not so much anymore. They played in Tottenham Stadium for the second time this year. That guy that owns that soccer club built a an artificial turf field underneath the grass field specifically for NFL games. There's no problem with the playing surface or anything like that. Jameis Winston was holding the ball way too long, was completely in a funk, and the, the offensive line for Tampa was actually terrible. 37-26, it wasn't even, it wasn't even remotely that close. Um, Seahawks 32-28 at the Browns, a game that went back and forth. Heavy wins in this game. I know a lot of people don't like that. I took the over in this game because I didn't think it was going to matter because I figured the teams could go right, right in front of each other's linebackers. I was completely right. Um, but a lot, of, a lot of mistakes by Baker Mayfield were the difference in this game. The Texans go in 31-24 in the Chiefs. Do not sleep on the Texans. They are now 4-2 and two in a pretty weak division. And you know what? I don't know why they're 20-1 win the Super Bowl, and the Chiefs are 5-1. to one. But to me, the Texans are just about as good, but you're talking about a lot more value if you're looking for a futures bet. The last bet, the last numbers I saw had the Texans at 20-1. to one. Deshaun Watson gets better and better all the time. They got a, a very, very talented receiving core. Um, defense is a little shaky, but then again, what are the Chiefs? What are the Chiefs? 31-24 for the Texans. Um... And I, I, did a, I had a little piece of the Texans in a different way in that game. So uh, the Chiefs defense is, let's say, average at best. And I'm being kind when I say that. I think teams are catching up to Patrick Mahomes just a little bit. But they do get Tyreek Hill back. Let's just see how that goes for the Chiefs over the next couple of weeks. You'll see very quickly on Thursday night as they go into Denver. Redskins and Dolphins ended up being a close game. But who the hell get, Who cares? These teams are going absolutely fucking nowhere. It's, it's about number one, number two in the draft right there. Uh, Eagles, Vikings, the Eagles need to get their secondary healthy. Maybe actually need some people in their secondary that can play football. 38-20, it got, it got closer than that briefly in the second half, but the Eagles need to be, be able to stop people deep. Um, but the officiating was also terrible. The Saints, if ever there was a time for the Saints to have an off week, it would have been this week. Not so much. 13-6 over the Jags. They are able to gut one out. The Gardner Minshew uh, euphoria has kind of calmed down a little bit. Give credit to Teddy Bridgewater, though. He has been functional. He's done everything they've had to, he's had to do for the Saints. They are now 5-1. Tough game against the Bears coming up, but you get closer and closer to Drew Brees coming back. I really tip my hat to Teddy Bridgewater. Everything he's been through and everything he comes back from um, has really just been remarkable. The Rams were absolutely hideous against the Niners. They are now 3-3, three and, three, and in a spot where I might have said, let's, let's look at the Falcons coming up this week because the Rams are coming off so many tough games in a row. Forget it. The Rams absolutely need a win. They cannot go to 3-4, and four, especially at Atlanta. Atlanta loses at Arizona because Matt Bryant can't make an extra point, but, but forget about that. The Falcons got themselves down big early. Once again, they are now 1-5, and five, and I'll say it again. I don't care what anybody says. Dan Quinn's on his way out. Uh, speaking of on their way out, Marcus Mariota gets benched for Ryan Tannehill, of all people. The Titans were absolutely pathetic. Uh... Taylor Lewan is back on the offensive line. He's done with his four-game drug suspension. It seems like it makes no difference. The Titans are just lifeless. 
The Cowboys are now three and three. Sam Darnold comes back for the Jets. They get their first win. All of a sudden, the Cowboys go from Super Bowl contenders to what's going on. So it's them against the Eagles. You will see a dogfight on Sunday night between the Cowboys and the Eagles. The Cowboys defense is, is lacking. And I'm being, again, I'm being kind when I say that. It looks like no Amari Cooper in that game either. A very dangerous game for both teams. Neither one of the teams wants to lose that game. The Chargers once again give a game away. The Steelers go into, into Los Angeles. And basically, basically, it's more uh, Steelers fans than Chargers fans. Because the Chargers fans, you know, it's, first of all, it's L.A. It's a soccer stadium. They're not going to get a lot of people there. The Steelers fans travel better than any college team you know. The Steelers go in there. Both teams are now at 2-4. and four. Uh, The Chargers do score 17 points. It's all in the fourth quarter. They're already down 24 nothing. The game is pretty much done from there. The Chargers are probably the biggest underachievers uh, in the NFL. Um, and the key thing here is they got absolutely no pressure on a guy making his first NFL start. I don't know what's going on with the Chargers. I don't know if there's some sort of mutiny going on there, but uh, absolutely the underachievers of the year in the NFL, the LA Chargers. That's all the time we got this week in the Air Attack. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you check out facebook.com slash the Air Attack. Also, follow me on Twitter and on SoundCloud at BCAK the Man. And subscribe, share, retweet, all that stuff. The Air Attack with BC the Man on Apple Podcasts, on Spreaker, and on Spotify. Close it out tonight with Beads, with Block Boys. This is Amy Winehouse. I'm BC the Man. See you guys next week on The Air Attack. Jeez, I need that white girl. You know that Taylor Swift, that Carrie Underwood. I mean that Furby bitch, a hundred ten percent pure cane. I heard you had the shit. I'ma need to make a little trip so I can see if it's that low hand or that Megan Fox. I need that real white that make them blocks hot. That Colombian, Peruvian. Now I ain't new to it. I know what to do with it. A hustler, baby, who I is. Most of these. Don't know what they doing shit I whip it, bag it, ship it in that plastic Then I'm through with it Simple mathematics, yeah I flip like acrobatics Block me jumping like a rabbit All you see is crack addicts You know I'm living lavish Selling white, I call it Paris Call it havoc with these prices Shit get gone like it was magic Got that Amy Winehouse Got that, got that white word Got that, got that white girl You know what it is Got that Amy Winehouse Insert this shit in your vein. Disturbance is in your brain. It's murderous killer cane. I purposely kill a cane. You don't know what you can mean. I'll go call the mob so I can cop me some of that Charlie Sheen. Paula Dean, Harley Green. Got y'all mean, got everything. Got the stimulators for a major methamphetamine. Got that David Letterman. Late night, you can let him in. He about 12 instead of 10. By 3, I need some more again. My white girl come from Oregon. Oregon, I say she is. Try to fuck with everyone, but I don't let her play with kids. Britney, that's my favorite. I pack her up and get her off. They keep coming back. They be like never hard. Get her soft. Plus, I got that Chelsea Handler. I don't think that you can handle her. Leave you with that North Pole nose minus the antlers. And the block grown-up boys got Adam Sandler. Man, they want this shit so bad.
bag, they need a pamper. Got that Amy Winehouse, got that, got that white work. Got that, got that white girl, you know what it is. Got that Amy Winehouse, got that, got that white work. Got that, got that white girl, you know what it is. Got that Amy Winehouse, got that, got that white work. Got that, got that white girl, you know what it is. Got that Amy Winehouse, got that, got that white work. Got that, got that white girl.